Welcome to the Docs and Crocs podcast, where we explore the latest happenings in news, culture, and everything in between. Our team of experts and enthusiasts, me being the expert, and I'm the enthusiast, bring you fresh takes on the hottest articles, trends, and pop culture phenomena. From breaking news to the latest viral sensation, we've got you covered. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into the world of Docs Docs and and Crocs. Crocs. Today, What's going on? Today's a cozy cast. Today's time. a cozy cast. Today we're cozy. We're uh, we had cozy. a long day, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> we worked mm-hmm. when we when we don't usually work on our day off. And then we got back, and it was uh, raining outside. Mm-hmm. And so we're having a cozy cast today. So for those of you uh, who are not watching but who are just listening, we are wrapped in blankets. We're cozy. Uh, hold on, let me get all. We're nice and cozy. Up here. Uh, mm. Yeah. Mm, can you How feel does it, it look up there? Is my uh, does it look good up there? Mm-hmm. You just scoot in a little bit. Scoot in here. Yeah, just there we slide go. Slide in these DMs. Slide, <laughs> slide in this blanket DMs. Mm-hmm. So this um, blanket that I'm wrapped up in is one of the weirdest gifts I've ever received. Who'd you get it from? So my mom. Mm-hmm. So my mother, who like hadn't spoken to me in years, bought me and my wife this blanket mm-hmm. with just a bunch of pictures of us that she had pulled from Facebook. Wow. Yeah. So it's just it's just our Facebook pictures on a blanket. So. <laughs> wow. As you as you can imagine, I don't pull it out very often. Not very often, but for the <laughs> podcast. Today for you the, are witnessing the, it firsthand. For the cozy cast. For the coziest of <laughs> casts, you are seeing this blanket. This well, blanket. Well, uh, hey, thank you uh, to everybody who has been listening. Thanks to everyone who's been a consistent listener for the of the Docs and Crocs podcast. We uh, officially went went we went monetized. We did it. We made it, guys. In one month, we did yeah. what usually you said two months. You have to have this many viewers in two months, right? Yeah, you have to you have to have a hundred unique listeners on Spotify within two months, and we did it in a month. Wow, half the time, we couldn't have done it without you guys and all of your comments, your likes, your shares on TikTok, on Instagram. So we just want to say thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. TikTok really, TikTok really did it. Really, you can, you can look at the dates, and so the date that that one video blew up our podcast stats went. So it really did redirect, which I think is really cool. Things don't always translate over, but it definitely translated. People went from TikTok to come listen. We got lucky. So if you're here from TikTok, um, if you became a fan of our podcast through TikTok, um, I'm going to put a survey down below under this uh, podcast where you can say, hey, I'm from TikTok, or what the hell is TikTok? If, uh, exactly, yes. So we have a wide range of listeners. Some of them are 19, and some of them are 60-plus, according to We're hitting Spotify. all the demographics. <laughs> We're hitting them all. So all monetization means is that every once in a while, you might hear us talk about something. You might hear us talk about Spotify for podcasters. You might hear us talk about a product. But I can give you this disclaimer. Disclaimer. I, I think you'll agree with me. I most likely will. We'll, we're not gonna, we'll never promote a, a product or a service that we don't love. Yeah, that we don't personally believe in. Yeah. I, Listen, Raid Shadow Legends might be a really good game, but those ads <laughs> really annoy me. 
You're not going to get any Raid Shadow Legends ads. Watch. Then be the first one to reach out to us and be Please like, God, hey, no. we were going to offer you like $1,000, no. but then we heard you guys say that our game is no good. So It's not good. It's not. I don't know anything about it. I, I literally, I will never play that game because of the ads. All the TikTok ads of all of those mobile games just piss me off. They turn me away from things. They piss me off. There are games and products that I would probably play and use if it wasn't for the ads. And the ads are never like the actual game. No, of course not. Like, I want a nice puzzle game where I have to use my brain and think about how things work together but then i get on there and it's like giant ad terrible graphics yeah you have to wait like 10 years to get anything done the levels are stupid pay easy to play. yeah pay to win every single time Where, what happened to standards in mobile games i don't know what happened to quality you know who makes you know who does make good mobile games voodoo the company voodoo they've made like the shape like the tower games like, all of the, like, really simple, like, knife flip, where it's just, like, you slice all the blocks, you flip the knife. Like, the really simple, clean, soft-looking games mm. that are, like, super addicting. Mm -hmm. Voodoo. So, if you guys want to... Or Hypnocat is the other one. You remember Flappy Bird? Bro, do I remember Flappy Bird? That is a throwback oh, and a goodness. half. So I I was one of those people that like had it still on like my iPod Touch mm. like a couple of years after it was like d taken off of the App Store or whatever, mm -hmm. and I didn't realize until like later in my life that people had been selling iPod Touches with Flappy Bird on them for like thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah, I missed out. It was Flappy Bird came out like my eighth grade year, and it was just us in class whenever we would finish. Our assignment or be goofing off playing Flappy Bird, desperately oh, trying yeah. to beat the high score. And there was always that one kid in class who had like the best high score, who was just exponentially better than everyone else. And then you go to him like, bro, how do I get better at Flappy Bird? And he give you some dumb answer. Yeah. I'm swapping out blankets. Okay. I'm getting a different one. All right. This is not the one I want to cozy in. Go go get a different blanket. It's I'll, right here. I'll talk about Flappy Bird. Oh, okay. I have a spare behind me. This is the cozy cast. You think I didn't come with a spare blanket? My apologies. Yeah, the advice I got for Flappy Bird was just pretend the bottom pipe is like a trampoline. It was always... I'm so glad you said that, actually. I, like, I was already agreeing with you, but you, freaking, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> the kid would always be, it's all about the bottom pipe. Oh, it's all the about bottom the bottom pipe. pipe. I'd be like, you shut... Oh, just tell me the secret. Because you know they had this sauce. The secret sauce. I'm convinced that there was probably like those smelly kids, the kids, the kids that were good, were too good at Flappy Bird, were the kids that always smelled kind of bad and had too rich of parents. Oh man! So I'm convinced that they were, they, their parents were paying Flappy Bird to make their kids good. So, if you were good at Flappy Bird and not smelly, um, leave a comment. Leave a comment. <laughs> leave a comment. The smelly kids were always good at Flappy Bird. And then you'd find out that their parents are on the board or whatever. I, of the didn't, school. I didn't experience that. No? The, the guy that I have my, in my brain that was good at Flappy Bird was a homie. Oh, really? And, and I sat in front of him with al in algebra. See, in the eighth grade, I was put into general math for most of the semester. Okay. And then my dad was like, why aren't you doing like advanced math? Why aren't you doing like algebra? Like, you have the test scores for it. Why don't you just do it? And I was like, you know, that's a really good question. I don't really know. So I transferred into the algebra class like a couple 
like a month or two right before uh, midterms, finals for that semester. Dumbest idea. Passed the class, though, because, you know, I'm a baller. But any hoosies. <laughs> He's a baller for yeah. being good at math. <laughs> Only in Crockworth. <laughs> No, no, no. Go on. Go on. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Go it's, on. It's fine. I'm, go. I'm just not good at math, all right? I'm going to go cry in the corner. Well, just keep your microphone with you. All right. Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> when I first started in algebra, I sat next to this girl. Mm-hmm. She she had a glow up to this day. She she glow up in a major way. What's her uh, name? Uh, Call her out on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but then <laughs> this kid and one of my friends... Was like, bro, don't sit up in the front of the class. That's for like nerds. Oh yeah, come okay. sit back that's, here with us. That's true. And I was like, S- yeah. They're like, we're gonna teach you all about algebra. They didn't teach me a single thing about algebra. I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think that the kids that are like, hey, it's nerdy to sit in the front, sit in the back with the cool kids, yeah. are suddenly gonna become your tutors. Yeah, but I still passed the class. Good for you. Of course you did. Yeah. This guy's good at everything he puts his mind to, but he gets bored fast. Yeah, yeah. And I have too many interests. I have too many things. We're both, that's the problem. We both have the same problem, but it manifests differently. It does. We're both good at anything we try to do. Yeah. And for you, that means you get bored with it, and then you move on. And for me, it means I get overwhelmed because I still try to do all of them. I see. So we both need to meet in the middle somewhere. We need to just combine brain power. We, that's what this is. Yes, this, exactly. The Docs and Crocs podcast is us meeting in the middle and deciding we're just going to freaking do one thing. Yes. Yes. And it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. shoot, look at us. Yeah, look at us. T- 2,500, 2,600 followers on TikTok. We got subscribers on Spotify. Thank you. We are in um, India, New Zealand. Whoa. Cambodia. What? We have we have listeners in countries that you wouldn't expect. Most of them are in the US, but then we have like, yeah, New Zealand, Cambodia, and India, I think. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Cambodia. And and we pretty much have like 50-50 male and female listeners too. So everybody feels like they're at home here mm. in, so the sh- in the snuggle shoe. up with us. Snuggle up for the snuggle up for with the us. cozy cast. For the cozy <laughs> cast. So next week. We have a little road trip. Yeah. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. So, yeah. We are going to L.A. I hopped up the plane at LAX with the dream in my cardigan. Wow. Welcome to the land of fame XX. Woo! Am I going to fit in? I don't think so. Jumped in the cab. Here I am for the first time. Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign. Yeah. This is all so crazy. It is pretty wild Everybody seems time. so famous. Not everyone. My tummy's turning and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too much pressure and I'm nervous. Sweat so a taxi cab. Turn on the radio and the Jay-Z song was on. Wow. Do people still listen to and Jay-Z? the Jay-Z song was on. I don't think they do. And the Jay-Z song was on. People are going to so turn I this off. my hands up. Oh, dear. my so- you didn't, you didn't join I'm in. sorry. I, if I joined in, we were going to clip clip the mics, I think. Uh, sorry. So in, the the podcast is going to be flagged now because we sang that song. It will it's be copyright, fine. you know what I mean? We'll be fine. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. So we, we, we're going to L.A. Um, because uh, – so I'm an actor, for those who don't know, and I was in a short film last year called Kairos – 
So if you haven't seen that, definitely go check it out. It's on YouTube. It was put out by a, a group called Los Matate Studios. And you just search Los Matate Studios Kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. And it was the winner of the 48-hour film festival woot woot. for 2022 in our city. And so um, all of the winning cities are going to L.A. for Filmapalooza is what we're doing. Boom. And I get a tag along, uh, tag along as Ryan's personal assistant. Yeah, which is the coolest thing in the world. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the only guy there with somebody claiming to be their personal assistant. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be like, what are you doing here? I'm his personal assistant. Yeah. You, you can't be here. And I, then I'll come up and be like, excuse me, would you, would you disrespect me like that? Yeah. This is my emotional support friend. <laughs> <laughs> this is in case I get stressed. Right. He makes sure that uh, people aren't overwhelming me for autographs. No, and he's coming along because he's my best friend and we haven't done a road trip together. We've done everything else as friends. We kissed the homies goodnight. <laughs> kissed the homies goodnight. <laughs> Give him a we've, nice little We've smooch. done everything else. We've, we've done everything else. Cook, we've, we cook together, clean together, work together. Uh, we freaking we have a podcast. The only thing we haven't done is have a road trip. And you've never been to Cali. Never ever been to California. Crocs has never been to California. So I'm an East Coast time. boy. I'm an East Coast boy. East Coast is my home. Which is fun. yeah. I'm from I'm from the East Coast. Yeah. I'm from Jersey. So I miss the green. I miss the rain. Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, we're gonna take you guys on the road. So here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna take a trip to L.A. It's a so actually we're taking a firearms course. The two days before, we're doing this firearm class, and then the second day, at the end of the firearm class, we're getting in the car, we're doing a 12-hour drive to L.A., and while we're driving, we're going to record a bonus episode of Docs and Crocs. We're going to see what happens. So when we get to L.A., we're going to have a guest on the show. We're going to have another guest. Um, it's going to be uh, Matthew Evans, is the director of Kairos, the film that we're going out there for. Um, but on the way to L.A., there will be a bonus episode, and then we'll decide what to do with that. I don't know. Maybe we'll release it on, like, a special day or for, like, a... We can do subscriptions, and, like, people could... We could do, like, a 99-cent subscription or something. Right. If people pay 99 cents, they'll get to listen to our driving episode. We're going to record a podcast while we're driving to L.A. I don't, I don't know how good it's going to come out, <laughs> but it's going to... We're going to try it. It's going to be something. It is... I don't know quite what it would I don't be. know. I drive stick, find. so somehow I'm going to have to drive stick and hold the microphone. So <laughs> you just put it in fifth, and then you put it on, in cruise control. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. Wait, does that, is that, does that work? Yeah, you can put it in cruise control. But, like, but if you slow down, you still have to shift, right? I mean, you're still going like 60, 70 miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not going to keep my hand on the stick the whole time. Right. I just wasn't sure if there was some sort of magic that I didn't know about that if you put it in fifth, your car is just like, yeah, we know what to do now. Oh, no, no. Okay. Not quite. Not quite. I like I like stick. You drive stick, don't you? I do drive stick. It's do a you, dying art. Do you, you do you prefer it, though? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. So do I. <clears throat> it's like built-in car insurance. Right. I'm in control. Because most people don't know how to drive stick. Right. A lot, a lot of people don't drive stick. Yeah, so people go to break your window to break into your car, and then they see that stick there, and they're like, ah. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to touch never that. Never mind. Plus, it, you just feel so cool. Oh, absolutely. You like, kind of feel like a Tokyo drifter. You can just turn on the soundtrack to Baby Driver, Oh, and you can pretend to be Baby Driver. Driver. What a great movie. That guy. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah, no, when you drive stick, it's really, it's, I, I feel like it's good to like, it's cool to impress the ladies. Oh, yeah. Like when my, when my wife and I first got together, like, yeah, I would, 
She sent me a meme about this the other day, which really called me out, though. She sent me a, a meme, and it was like, when you're driving stick with a girl in the car, and the hand was on the stick, like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. With the fingers like sing, yep. sing, 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 sing. <laughs> and then I was like, I one hundred percent did that. Like I absolutely shifted like a ninja. Like I was yeah. like I was like performing some sort of crazy martial arts on the stick. In high school, when I was driving my dad's truck, my girlfriend was out of town for like a couple months, and it was like the worst couple of months I've ever had in my Dang, life. High school. But I learned how to drive stick. Reaching my left hand over my body to to shift gears, yeah, so that I didn't have to stop holding my girlfriend's hand. There you hand. go. There you go. Let me tell you, the first time that you do that, that is the move. We've all You're done a baller. it. If you drive stick at some point in your life, you've been holding a girl's hand and you've reached over with your left hand while keeping the wheel balanced with your knee, so that you can shift. And then she looks at you. She looks down. She notices that you're shifting, and she still feels hand in her hand. And she goes, this that's a man. man. That's a man that knows his way around a hand. <coughs> oh. <coughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of um, international listeners, going I back to that for a second. I love that segue. The fact that was perfect. <laughs> let me just go all the way back. No, I was just thinking about the fact that we have listeners in uh, all these different places. Right. And I saw an article this week. As you do. As I do. I saw an article that worms were raining from the sky in China. What? Authorities told people to take shelter what? in China because worm let me pull up the <clears throat> let me pull up the article for you. Let me. It, it's weirder than I'm even saying. So the 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 article is called "Worm Rain in China." So Super citizens in the rate. Chinese province of I'm going to butcher this because I don't speak Chinese. So please don't cancel us. Uh, Laoning were reportedly told to seek shelter after the city witnessed a bizarre phenomenon as worm-like. Creatures, what rained from the skies? Worm, what is worm like? I know mean? they didn't even say worms. They said what looked like earthworms were scattered all over cars and the streets, what? and people were seen carrying umbrellas to protect themselves from the worm rain. Look at this. Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> I don't know if any if we'll be able to see that in the clip, but the the worm rain. We'll give you a picture. We'll put a picture on the we'll on the thing. Yeah, worm rain. I still, I mean, it looks like leeches. I yeah. have no idea. That's out of a horror movie. The most likely explanation is that they were swept up by heavy winds and then dropped throughout the city. What? This, the, this usually happens when insects are caught up in a whirlpool during a storm. What? So they get caught up in heavy wind and then they... There's video of people walking, and oh all of the cars gosh. are covered. So it's raining like water, and it's also raining these giant nightmare worms. Apparently, that's like a that's like a bad bad horror movie. It's like some Alfred Hitchcock stuff. Yeah, that's a creature film. Like <laughs> either that or it's uh, <laughs> it's Moses. We're straight in the plagues of Moses. Yeah, let let. See, ooh. ooh, so people were all caught up in in COVID, right? They're locking people down for COVID, and that's the whole. That's the let my people go. Worms raining, the rain, worm rain. 
Do you remember? So where we live, actually, I, I don't know if you remember any of this. You've lived here for a long time. Mm-hmm. There was like certain years where we were having like apocalyptic amounts of certain insects. Do you remember yes. the moth years? There was the moth year and there was the cricket year. Dude, the cricket year. You remember that? There were so... Thousands and thousands. You would walk and just front. Oh, my. <laughs> You'd be driving and they're just like smacking the windshield. like Your windshield's in shambles. We went through some weird like apocalyptic insect moments. New Mexico's just like that, though. It is like that. Like we have one year of ridiculous rainfall in the summer. Like monsoon craziness where it's just pouring rain for an entire night. And then the next day it's fine. Right. Then the next day it's super windy. Then the next day it might snow. Then the next day it's freezing cold. You just don't know. Oh yeah, we could literally get like a like a crazy snowstorm. When my when my dad was here actually for our daughter's birthday, we're all hanging out and all of a sudden it just starts like blizzarding. Yeah. And we're like we've been waiting for snow like all into Christmas, nothing. And then all of a sudden just like blizzard all at and once. then and then by that afternoon, gone. All of it melted, gone, like it never happened. It's insane. Like where we live, there's no there's no sense. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no it. rhyme or reason to the weather. What so ever just like there is no rhyme or reason to these giant nightmare worm creatures in china no i'm yeah i'm very curious about that i'm very curious i'm not going to do the research right now because i don't have time for that has there been a movie about raining worms no but there better be now There, there has to be at this point you know what my uh, you know my dad told me this is very interesting talking about like movies in real life because we were talking about the train incidents in Ohio. Yep. So like apparently way back in like the sixties or whatever, the same thing did happen. Like in real life, there was another chemical spill. So apparently there's an there's an area in Ohio where trains go through that it's actually very common for there to be like problems and derailments and stuff. And so like it's not the first time that like chemicals have been spilled because. Hmm. Like trains derail, and some of them are carrying corn, and other ones are carrying vinyl chloride. So you just—it's the roll of the dice. It's the mafia. <laughs> it's obviously the mafia. It's the corn mafia. It's the Illuminati. It probably—I mean—that's what people want to think, right? That's a hundred percent what everybody wants to think. Absolutely, that's what I'm convinced. Um, yeah. speaking of the Illuminati. <laughs> Uh-oh. These are all of my all of my segues are speaking of the Illuminati. Well, speaking of, speaking the of Illuminati. this topic, let me bring up a totally different one. No, the, I was looking at the the article about the raining worms, and mm-hmm. then I remembered something. So, for those who don't know, we're on YouTube, and um, you can watch our our short clips on YouTube. You can also watch half episodes. We're slowly uploading half episodes of the podcast on YouTube, um, but now we'll be able to put up video podcasts on Spotify. Whoa. So soon you'll be able to watch and listen on Spotify. So look out for that. But I was on our YouTube uh, because my, my wife was looking at her analytics on YouTube through YouTube Studio. So I looked at ours. You can see how, how people stumble upon our content. So okay. th- through YouTube analytics, they will show you what search terms led to people finding our videos. Okay. Because, you know, when you search something on YouTube, you don't just get what you're looking for. Right. You get, like, stuff that might be vaguely related. Yes. So we're going to go through some of the terms. Here we go. Here are some of the terms that people searched on YouTube to discover Docs and Crocs for the first time. 
Ready? The number one YouTube search term that led people to our podcast for some reason is Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. What? (laughs) (laughs) That is the number... (laughs) How does that even make sense? I don't know. That makes zero sense. I have no idea. It shows you like how people find our shorts, and most of them is from like the shorts feed. Yep. You know, there's a percentage from YouTube search. So that was the that's the number one term. People were looking for Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. So if you're here from Jake Paul, listen. Welcome. Sorry, I'm not Jake Paul. (laughs) Stay why. We're better. Here's here's more of them. Uh, Zodiac Killer. That one makes sense. ASMR. Um, Fury versus Paul again. John Jones Victory Dance. What? 15-year-old destroys feminist podcast. Somebody searched that on YouTube, and instead they got us. Wow. Um, so who's the 15-year-old in this quiz? Well, just wait until I tell you this one. Right, right. Same, same. Uh, somebody searched for a boss and a babe, and they got us. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you guys in the comments decide who's the boss and who's the babe. Um, you already know. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, Somebody searched for bad pickup lines. They got us. Yes, sir. Let's go. Girl, are you the Zodiac killer? Because you mass murdered my heart. (laughs) Somebody searched for Bitcoin price. And they got us. So if that's you, if you were looking for the price of Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin currently is $22,431.96 as of this recording. Right now. Right now. It probably won't be the same when you listen to this. Sorry. Um, somebody looked for brake bleeder and vacuum pump kit, and they got us. Brake bleeder. Yeah, like if you want to like bleed out yeah, the yeah, fluid yeah, from yeah, your yeah. brakes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, do you have any tips on that, real quick, just for the people that were searching for that? Um, just bleed them. You know. Yeah. Do it. Bleed them yeah. quick. Yeah, quick. Just like stomp on your brake until you can't anymore, and. After that, do it again. Yeah. And then again. Mm-hmm. And then again. How many times? So many. Okay. Yep. Um, somebody searched for... You can tell me at any time to stop doing these. Somebody searched for, call her daddy, Cole Sprouse. <laughs> <laughs> call her daddy. Call her daddy, Cole Flip Sprouse. Flip the script. And uh, they got the Docs and Crocs podcast. Flip the script. <laughs> She's not calling you daddy. You're calling her daddy. I have no... Uh, okay, here's my favorite one. Ready? This is my favorite search that some poor soul searched on YouTube, and they got you, and they got me. D's nuts almost died. <laughs> that sounds like the great um, Greek tragedy of a Bofides. <laughs> You know a both of these? I know a both of these. Both of these nuts. Oops, oops. Somebody searched for dumb ways to die, and they got us. Uh, somebody searched for Eminem savage moments. And somebody searched for uh, gel blaster. The algorithm is just a magical place. It really is. I'm, I'm really... Ooh, goth crocs. Somebody searched for goth crocs. Are there goth crocs? You need them. That's like your freaking thing. I'm about to search for that. 
I'm going to search for goth crocs. I'm going to be the next guy to search for that and find us. So my my future wife, Jenna Ortega, featured in the movie Scream. And I'm not a big horror movie guy. No, me either. But I might have to change that for my girl. I have a new favorite, and this is the last one I'll read, okay? Okay. There's a lot of them. I'll show them to you later. Two of them. Here's two more. How to floss your teeth properly. Somebody searched for that on YouTube, and they got the Docs and Crocs podcast. And then somebody searched for... I... (laughs) (laughs) Where is this going? Somebody searched for... I effed Cthulhu (laughs) on YouTube. (laughs) And they got... And they got us talking about RBS. <laughs> so, um, hey, buddy. <laughs> Listen, man. If you're I'm, out there. I know you're in a low place right now. <laughs> and you just effed Cthulhu. If you're out there and you're looking for support. But there's hope. Because you made love to a fictional horror creature. We're not the guys. I'm sorry. There's Jack for that. We're not the guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's Jack for that. There's Jack for that. Oh. Hard segue here. Okay, go for it. Take it away. Yeah. So we we've thrown. A <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. How do we recoup after go, that? Go, go. You're, good, you're good. You're good. You're good. Take it. Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> so we've thrown jokes around about this a little bit through our podcast episodes. Oh. We, we've kind of joked about the. The ups and downs of ministry. Oh, okay. And so, how, if, kind of inviting the people listening on the podcast in a little bit, what are some of the, what were some of the challenges with ministry that you faced? Oh, man. What what made ministry difficult? Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. Okay. All right. Yeah, if you're um if you're listening for the first time, uh we've both we've both had our time serving uh as pastors, as preachers. Um I was a pastor for about 10 years. Um I'm I, still ordained, but like serving in ministry for over 10 years. And um that was a hard segue. That was a hard we segue. We went from I <laughs> Um I would say that some of the hardest some of the hardest moments in ministry really just came down to not having strong enough boundaries right away. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing. If you're going to be in ministry of any kind, if you're going to work with people in any capacity, really, mm-hmm. you know, this whether it's a secular job or a or um, you know, a job where you're working in a in a church or a synagogue or whatever, mm-hmm. you need to have such crazy boundaries so fast. Like if you're working with people like on a personal level, you have to have a cutoff point for yourself and for your family immediately. Right. Right. Like you are not nobody's gonna text me or call me after this time. I used to think that that was like it was noble. Right, like you first get into ministry, and you're like, "I'm going to give people my number. You can call me anytime, mm-hmm. text me anytime. I'm there for you." But it's like you, you're actually more helpful to people. You're more useful as as a minister or as a manager of people 
if you have boundaries. Yeah. Because if you don't set boundaries with people, then they violate your space and your time. Right. Which doesn't teach them to create boundaries at all. And so we, I mean, we were in group chats. We were had, you know, people had my number and would just text us and call us or show up at our house for the most ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like they were dying. It wasn't like, like you would think like, well, you know, you're, you're a minister. People need your help. It was like, no, it would be for like, people would come to our house like late at night to talk about gossip. Like, Ouch. Like people would roll up to our house be like, like I, I literally would have people call me and be like, I desperately need to talk to you. Like, can I come over? I need help. And as, as, a, as a pastor, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Like, come on over. You know, like, cut off, like, time with my wife in the evening. You know, hey, this person wants to talk. And then they'd be like, so, you know, they show up at midnight, 1 a.m. So, so-and-so was saying, and it's immediately like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. And, and the mental toll that that took, the, the emotional toll that that took was, like, extreme. Like, that was so extreme. Absolutely. Or people would show up to our house just to tell us that people were talking bad about us. Or text you early in the morning and be like, hey, so-and-so said that you're a a false teacher. You're like, thank you. Thanks for that. I appreciate appreciate it. What do you want me to do now? I just thought you should know. Cool. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say that was one of the hardest things. Or like people that you brought in close to you, that's another thing. It's like... You would try to have friends. Like when you're managing people, it's really hard to have friends unless your friends are like you need to vet your friends to be the most mature people you can find. Yes. Because if you don't yes, have mature absolutely. friends when you're in ministry or you're managing people, then the people who you do let in close, like we would have people who we thought were close, like who we thought were our friends. And then they would come and tell us, like, oh, I was hanging out with so and so the other day, and they were just trash talking you. And you're immediately like, oh, okay, so what'd you say? So what'd you do? Like, and they're like, oh, we just kept hanging out. And you're just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so you're just hanging out with people that hate me. I guess that makes us great, great buddies. I, it, it, you know, like it just. Yeah. And it, when you're not in ministry or when you're not in a position of managing people, you don't have to put up with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, oh, so and so is talking crap about you. It's like, oh, so what'd you do? Well, I joined in. It's like, all right, well, we're not hanging out anymore. Like peace, I'm gonna thing. But when you're in a minute, you have to just be like, okay, see you next week, guys. Thanks, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks for having my back. Mm-hmm. Nobody has your back because they think you're a superhero. And I think that was yeah. the other. That was the other hard part. Was like I would give a message, like pour my heart out, and people would come up and be like, oh my gosh, like that was amazing. Like how do you even come up with this stuff? You're so incredible. And then the moment that you're like, hey, I'm like having a really hard time. They're like. Oh, so you're false now? So what, you don't believe anything that you said? And you're like, well, no, I'm just having a hard day. Like, I'm a person. I'm a human being. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm never listening to anything you say ever again. Right. And you're like, oh, Sweet. great. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for that. Glad I could help. <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah. What would you say? Because you worked with kids. Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I don't have 10 years of ministry on my belt. Um, I did youth ministry for two, two and a half years in there. Um, I would say youth ministry has has been a net positive in my life and also a lot, like a really big learning experience. Yeah. Um, I'm a book smart person, as we've kind of discussed. Yeah, for sure. And... And the Bible is a very technologically advanced book. Yeah. 
Like there is so much depth that there is so many things that you can pick out and really chew on and so many different things. And I was so into the depth of the Bible. Yeah. And so into digging in, sinking your teeth in and getting all that it has to offer. And so for the first six months of youth ministry, that was all I talked about. It's just the depth of scripture and this scripture going, like diving in really deep. But presenting that to a middle school or high school audience, they're like, what do we care? Yeah. Cool. Congratulations. There's this weird young adult who's <laughs> spewing on about whatever goobity got. And so what it forced me to do is it forced me to become a lot more relational with them. Yeah. And like my my pastor who's above me said, you know, they're not going to care what you say until they know that you care. That's good. And so I had to demonstrate that I I cared about them and and I wanted to invest in them and I and I did that in small groups and and actually talking with them and including them and, and it it just kind of opened my eyes. I remember one of my students coming up to me and she said, you know, a lot of times I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> after small group, I, I kind of get it now. Yeah. And it was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Dang. And like middle schoolers and high schoolers, they don't want to ask questions. No, they want to feel like they're the smartest one in the room. Right. So they're just going to nod along and, and, and things of that nature. But what was really difficult towards, definitely towards the end is... Just sometimes there's a lack of support yeah. for for people in leadership. Like anytime you're going through a tough time and you need people to help and pick up slack, very few people, very few people offer to pick up slack. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like my my leadership team could tell I was having a tough time. And no one really stepped up to help. Yeah. I would say, because you said that, and I just, while this thought is fresh in my mind, I would say simultaneously, it's hard to have friends sometimes in ministry or like when you're serving people, but it also will very quickly teach you how to have few friends yes like which sounds Quality weird but it's like when you're young and you're just like having fun you have this big group of friends but then it's like when you actually need people it whittles down so fast yes. to like the couple of people that are like we we got each other and that's why i feel like we're again that's another reason why we're we've stuck around right yeah and also like at the end there was a situation in the leadership team and and I asked one of the leaders to step down, and 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 granted, I'm not a perfect leader in, in any you know way, in way, shape, or form. But um, like I, I would like to think I admitted my mistakes to my team and said, "Hey, I screwed up. Please forgive me. Can we move forward?" Yeah. And I'd asked this person to step down from the team, and it it just blew up. It was a really messy situation, and we had to pull in the pastor to mediate, and. Oof, in the mediation. Media oh my god. Ooh. Mediation is an absolute <laughs> wreck, dude. Oh my gosh. Can we bring somebody else into this conversation? Is when you know it's Ugh. it's too late. It's too late. And like in ministry, that's the quote unquote right thing to do. Right. Right. 
<laughs> let's handle this biblically pretty much just means I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm already tired of you. I I'm already angry. <laughs> mm. And in mediation, like this person used what I had shared like in private against me in a public. Ooh, yeah. And that was a huge, like that was super hurtful and, and damaging to me personally. Yeah. Because it was like I I trusted you to have a place in my team and that trust was used against me. And right. Th- and, thrown oh, totally. in, and thrown in my face. And I feel like, and, and our vocabulary has kind of shifted over the years, but there were so many times where we talked about doing ter- church. Yeah. And doing church is so exhausting. It really is. And it's funny. You can be in it and you can talk about those things. And this is, I, I think this is really important for people to hear. And I hope, I hope that among our listeners, I hope that there are, you know, Christians, non-Christians. I hope there's church people, non-church people. I hope there's people from all backgrounds because I think this could be really helpful no matter where you are is that um, like you could be you could be in a system right mm-hmm. like in the church system and talk about you know we don't want to do church right we don't want to do this system we want to be real we want to be family we want to be XYZ whatever it is mm-hmm. but you still get clogged up in in the system you right. end up like another like cog in the machine and so yeah. same thing like, so many times I was in it and be like, I, I want to be, you know, I, I, I don't want this to just be the the system. Like, I want this to be beautiful and I want it to be different and I want it to be, you know, fluid and, I you know, spectacular. And, right. But, but you do, like, after a certain amount of years, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the thing still. Like, I'm doing the thing. Right. And it wasn't until, like, now stepping away from it, I feel like I have a better chance I feel like I have a better chance at having a real relationship with Jesus now yeah. than ever before like it's so funny like you're in ministry and you have like you know you're meeting young people and you start to get the rhetoric like get plugged in serve blah 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 now if I had a young person come to me now and I've said this in private, but I'm saying it publicly. This is my this is my current official stance. So, if I had a young person come to me now and say, "Hey, I I'm just now like developing a relationship with God. What should I do?" The last thing I would tell them to do is get plugged in with a local church. Wow. That's the last thing I would tell them to do. I would I would tell them to close themselves in their room and just pray. Like, go sit outside in nature. Go sit on a rock somewhere and just listen. Like, I would tell them, like, get together with some of your friends and just and just talk about what you're experiencing. Like, let that be it. Like, just talk about what you're experiencing. Pray. Sit in nature. Like, Breathe fresh air. Mm -hmm. See the beauty in things. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be quick to judge anything. Don't be quick to call things evil. Mm -hmm. Like that would be that would be it. But like, go get plugged in in a local community. Make sure that you're serving in your local ministry. Find your place. No, 
because immediately they go into I need to fulfill expectations mode. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, you get swept up in the in the machine. Yeah. But it's like I, I think a real relationship with God is there are no expectations for me to fulfill. It's not like I just met Jesus and now I need to like go find my place. It's like, no, you found your place the moment that you said, I think, I think Jesus is it. Yeah. That's the moment you found your place. There's nothing else that you have to do at that point except just learn who he is. And that you don't have to like be part of any system. You don't need to, you know, oh, now I need to dress the right way and say the right things and be around the right people and read the right books. It's like, no, man, go like, go pick up a hobby. Like, that's the best. Like, on it, oh, you have a, a newly developed relationship with God? Go pick up a new hobby and do yeah. it consistently and let God meet you in your hobby. Let God meet you in the beautiful thing you're doing. Right. Like woodworking, pottery. Shoot, even if it's video games, whatever it is. Like, oh, I'm going to go stream on Twitch. Like when I was going through healing, when I was like going through like my detox from like the church world is when I started streaming on Twitch. And I like consistently did that for like a year. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just felt good. You know, I just felt like, man, I'm just doing something that brings me a lot of joy. It's like just, just, yeah, just learn how to be a healthy person, have some hobbies, have a routine, yeah. sit in nature, talk with friends. And and so much of the rhetoric that is, I don't want to say intentionally thrown at young people, but is part of kind of the church world is go find your purpose. Yeah. Or find yeah. God's will for your life. Dang. How tough is that? And for so many years, uh, so for so many, so many years, for me, finding the will of God have you seen um, Wiley Coyote in Roadrunner? Yeah, yeah. You know when Wiley Coyote gets his like butt on fire and yeah. he picks off a branch and he's trying to find water with the branch. Yeah. And he's just poking around randomly, desperately hoping That's so funny. Yeah. he can find water. That's how I felt trying to find the will of God. Yeah. And that's just such or go finding your purpose. I have found so much more success and fulfillment in my life in building who I want to be instead of going to find who I want to be. 100%. 100%. The modern Western church model creates this, like, you... Yeah, there's something to, like, figure out. You need to go figure this out, and you need to ask and beg and, like, you know, seek after and, like, try to find and, like, conjure up, like... And, and what's so funny is that, like, again, walking away from it and kind of standing on the outside and just learning how to be, like, a healthy person, mm. which definitely meant going into, like, the most, uh, most unhealthy season of my life. Let me say that. Let me disclaimer that on the podcast. Like, when I stepped away from ministry, my whole identity crumbled because that's all I was. Yeah. And now I was like, oh, now I need to figure out who I actually am. Right. Aside yeah. from all the striving and the figuring out. Yeah. And what's so funny is that when you think about like who God is, it's it's the exact opposite of that. It's actually just like, no, you found who you were in me. There is no like, oh, now I need to like <laughs> It's like, no, like what are you, what are you good at? Like what do you enjoy? What what brings you joy? Right. Like just do that really well. You know, or like um this is a big one for me, and I, this is really going somewhere. And so, if you're if if you're a, a consistent listener, I know this is a little bit different, but um, the the idea that you constantly have to ask God to like be in control, yeah, seems like such a noble concept when you're in the church world. Mm -hmm. Like God, come be in control. You're constantly begging Him to be in control, as if He's like not 
as if he doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. But what's really funny is that what Scripture actually teaches is that you should be in control. And the church teaches not that. Like, if you're a young person in the church, it's like, you better give up control. Like, you're not in control. But, like, Scripture actually teaches that you should be 100% in control. Yeah. Obviously, you can't control other people. And you you definitely can't always control the world around you. But you should be 100% in control of yourself. Right. Like, self-control. Yeah. Bro, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. It's like if you have the Spirit of God in you, you have self-control, which sounds so counterintuitive. We sing these songs like, you know, Holy Spirit, come be completely in control. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, to know the Spirit is that you have self-control. That's the fruit. That's what it produces. Right. It produces that you can control you. Yeah. And so we're, you know, you're a young person in the church and you're like begging God, ah, just come and control my life because I don't know what to do. Mm. I don't know where to work, who to date, where to live, what to watch, what to listen to, what to pursue. So you need to come and be in control. And he's going, absolutely not. What I'm going to do is teach you how to think. I'm going to teach you how to think and be in control of yourself. Right. Because when you're in control, you can make smart, you can make wise, godly decisions. And when you make the wrong decision, you can take responsibility for it. Yeah. And and just to like kind of add a little bit to that as well, like in the garden we see the Lord giving Adam and Eve reign and dominion over the earth. Right. We don't see Adam and Eve saying, God, I need you to take care of the earth. The Lord literally gives them dominion. He says, go. Yeah. Go be fruitful and multiply. And he blesses them in the going. Right. Like one of the main first contracts that dictated relationship between God and man was God telling us to have control over something. Yes. And people are spend their whole lives asking God to take back control of everything. God, you be in control of absolutely everything. And he goes, that's not even what I based our relationship on in the beginning. The beginning of our relationship was, hey, I'm giving you control over something. Right. And we're just like, no, take it back. I don't know how to have control over anything. I don't know how to take responsibility over anything. Come, Lord. Well, that's what people are really praying. Come, Jesus. I don't know how to make any decisions for myself. Mm-hmm. Come, God. I don't know how to make any decisions for my family. I don't know how to manage my finances. I don't know how to take responsibility for my relationships. And he's like, well, then you haven't learned anything. Right. If you've learned anything from God, you should be like a, such a well-rounded person. Your finances should be in order. You should be able to make decisions about what your family is going to do. Like, yeah, pray. But don't pray and beg God for, for every, you know, next decision. Beg him to give you the mind of Christ so that you can make good decisions. Right. And imagine, like, if you went to your, to your wife, if you went to Brianna... And was like, here, I, I need you to control everything about our relationship. Right. That's exactly. Or and I'd be like, well, that's or not fun. you <laughs> tried to control every aspect of, of your relationship. Part of the beauty of relationship is that both people are contributing and inputting into the relationship. Right. If, if the input is just one-sided and the control is one-sided, what you have is an unhealthy, unhealthy intimacy. You have an unhealthy relationship because both people should be inputting and directing and you know thinking and deciding and dreaming and i think that's part of milestones of being in a healthy relationship is you need both people 
Oh, absolutely. Or like when people pray, um, like, God, use me. So many people want to be used by God. I don't want my wife to use me, and I don't want her to feel like I'm using her. Mm. Like, relationship is not built on who's using who. It's like, no, come work with me. Work with me. Build with me. Create with me. Give me space to create. Right. Give me space to think. Give me space to be creative. Don't use me. I don't want to be used. Nobody wants to be used in a relationship. And I don't think, I don't think anybody wants to use anyone else in a relationship. It's like, if we want to be in a relationship, it's like, no, I, I want to I hear your... Imp- I want to be in a relationship with you in the first place because I think that your creativity and my creativity are similar. Mm-hmm. And so I think we could make really cool things together. Right. But if you use me, then I just become an extension of your creativity. I don't, I don't have any of my own. Mm. So I would say that for the helpful minute here on the Dogs and Crocs podcast... The helpful hot minute. The helpful hot minute. Have boundaries no matter what you're doing. This is not just church stuff. No matter what you're doing, have really strong boundaries and be able to articulate them well. For the people who don't like, kind of understand boundaries as well, how would you describe what a boundary is or how do you have boundaries? Totally. Um, the best way that I could describe having healthy boundaries is by saying this. You can't be upset about expectations that you have not set. Yeah. So if I don't tell you what I expect from you and then you don't meet that, I don't have the right to be upset about it. So boundaries are, is just, you're, you're creating a space for your relationship to live. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, when you step out of that space, it hurts our relationship. Mm. So, you know, like we were talking, like if you're managing people, if you're in a management position of any kind, right off the bat, letting anybody that comes into your sphere know, hey, my standards uh, expect you to communicate with me between these hours and these hours. Like, this is the time that I've set aside for my family. This is the time that I've set aside for me. And this is the time that I've set aside for people who need something from me. And I need you to respect that. And I think a big part of boundaries is, like, you need to not see yourself as, like, the, the, the nice guy all the time. You can't see right. yourself as like the sweet guy yeah. or the sweet girl. You can't be like, oh, I, I want everyone to see me as nice. Because if everyone sees you as nice, someone is going to see you as disrespectable. Mm. So you, you, and you don't have to be rude either. It's like there's this really cool line between nice and a jerk where it's like, oh, that person's really like stern with their expectations. That person really respects themselves right. a lot. And so I think that's where boundaries yeah. come from. Hey, this is just my expectation. And you right. just stand on it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I don't, I don't do that. Right. I don't say those things. I don't, you know, hey, I don't talk crap about people. If you're going to do that, just, hey, hey, just don't do it around me, okay? Mm-hmm. And it just lets people know right away, like, whoa, that person's got a standard. Absolutely. And what comes to mind for me with boundaries is thinking of the really great coaches in sports. It's whenever you hear the really good players, like the, the superstars, They always talk about a coach that had high expectations of them. You never hear about the coaches who let them do whatever they want, say whatever they wanted to say, practice however they wanted to practice, 
the best coaches always have really high expectations for people. They have boundaries for this relationship, for this player, for them to succeed and to excel in whatever capacity that they can because of, because of the space and the boundaries that they've created. They, yeah. they, by having those boundaries, they allow both the superstar, the athlete, and the coach to excel the best they can. Yeah. Because they're allowing and giving space for the player to show up in relationship and show up to practice and to excel and really show up, but also the coach to give them that encouragement and to form and, and shape them and, and push them in the right direction. Yeah. Let me, I, I want to give an example of this real quick. Um, so when I was, when I was in ministry, because I felt like, oh, this is my destiny. This is what I'm going to do forever. And this like means so much to me. I need to do, like, this is like, I need to do whatever I have to do. This is always the feeling. And so um, if people asked me to do stuff like on like time off or when it was supposed to be family time, I would feel pressure immediately. And it would either create tension in me because I felt like I needed to go do something that I wouldn't usually do or it created tension in my home because I would have to say like, you know, to my wife, oh, I, I need to go do this. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm... I've stepped away from what I thought was like my destiny. I have to do this no matter what. And now I'm pursuing things that that are like that I love that bring me joy and I have boundaries. So like even with work, like if if it's my day off, I don't answer phone calls. Period. I don't answer phone calls on my day off. If you try to call me on a Thursday, you will not get an answer. You will. Like <laughs> Crocs will get in. Yes, sir. Like you know what I mean. But if if, right. if somebody's calling me and I know that it's somebody that like is gonna want something, I don't answer the phone. Mm -hmm. I'm with my family. Like, it, and that's just clear. And, and I've I've had moments where like people have asked, oh, "Hey, we really need you to do this on a Thursday." And I'm just like, "Yeah, sorry." But the reason why I could do that is because I stated it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a there's a job. Um, I, I started a, a different job. I picked up a second job like a year and change ago. And I when I took up that job, I stated like my standards right off the bat. And I think that's what a lot of people don't do is because they need something, right? Mm -hmm. This is where it becomes helpful, I think. If you need friends, you will not state your expectations right at the beginning of those friendships. Mm -hmm. If you need a job desperately, you will not set your expectations at the beginning. Yes. You will go into the interview and you will answer questions, period. But you won't set any standards or ask any questions. If you need something is when, when you're desperate for something is when your standards slip out the window. But because I was in a good place, you know, a year, whatever ago, and I... um. I had started to learn this. Like, I'm going to have boundaries and standards. And I wasn't desperate for a job. I had a job. I just was picking up a second one. And so at the beginning, I stated my standards. I was like, I will never work on a Thursday. Like, that is my family day 100%. I, it'll never happen. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a couple other things that I, like, stated. This will happen. Oh, I said, um, you know, the job that I currently have, the people that I, that I work with are, like, family to me, the escape room. And I was like, so I will never do anything with this job that that digs into that or that violates those relationships like it mm. won't happen and so then it's like later on a year down the road when stuff has come up like hey we need you on a thursday it's like i don't feel i don't feel bad saying no right. all i have to do is point back to the standards that i set i was like yeah. hey remember i set this standard and so i'm not going to do that or when it's like hey you know 
do this instead of that. It's like, no, hey, remember I set that standard where I said that I would never let this violate that, mm -hmm. so I can't do it. And it do, it's not mean, it's not rude, and it's not difficult. It's like, I already set the standards a long time ago, so all I have to do is bring them up again. And it's like, oh, you're right. We did talk about that. Thanks for reminding me. And so it's like, if you can do that in all of your relationships, like, I don't know, even when you meet somebody and you start hanging out, just, yeah, tell them who you are. Hey, th these are the things that are really important to me. And the moment that those things start to be violated, you just remind, hey, remember I said that was really important to me? And somebody who loves you will say, oh, you're telling me what's important to you, so it's important to me. And if it isn't, guess what? They don't love you. Right. They don't care about you. And then you, you can walk away without any guilt or shame. Yeah. You've taken responsibility for what you're responsible for, and you just don't let anybody violate that. And that's what boundaries are. Mm-mm-mm. Bazinga. Bazinga. <laughs> well. It got so intense. Yeah. It got so deep so quick. Absolutely. Chimney. Well. Yeah. It's about that time. Is it about that time? It is about that time. Dang, wow. Yeah, it's already been an hour. Holy mac and cheese. I know. Time flies. Wait, when what's your favorite mac and cheese, real quick? My brother makes a spicy mac and cheese, and it's phenomenal. What does it have in it? It has. Like green chili or what? No, 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 no. He's in Alabama. It has a mixture of pepper jack, Colby jack, and sharp cheddar cheese mixed together with like sour cream and deliciousness and breadcrumbs. And what butter. makes it spicy? The pepper jack. Oh, the pepper jack. Oh, the okay. Jack. Oh, yeah. duh, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite mac and cheese? My favorite mac and cheese is like a like a deep dish baked mac and cheese with like a crispy top. Cheese! Like get me started on like a really good crispy mm. topped mac and cheese. Like where you hit it with the spoon, it like cracks through. <laughs> yeah. Anything like that. When I make scratch mac and cheese, that's mm. the way. I don't buy mac and cheese anymore. I make mm. that. I make that ish from scratch. Yeah. Like three or four cheeses. At least. Yeah. And yeah, Minimum. you make your... Uh, bechamel. Your, 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 is it a bechamel? You, you start with a bechamel and then make it a... I always say roux. You make a roux and then you add milk. That's a bechamel. That's what makes it a bechamel. Yeah. And you and add then cheese. you slowly start adding your cheeses. That's in. a Mornay sauce. Yeah. yeah. It's called a Mornay? It's a Mornay sauce, yeah. What the heck? Yeah. So that's how I make it. That's how I make mac and cheese. The more you know. The more you know. The more you know. Hey, uh, let us know in the comments what you thought of the new intro, by the way. We got we got real real stuff coming along. We're really growing here. I thought the intro is pretty sick, and if you say otherwise, um, we might have a problem. Yeah, yeah. When I say, how, what do you think of it? Um, I mean, say it was awesome. Exactly. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Don't forget. Do not forget. We are headed to L.A. next week. So next week's episode is going to have a guest. We're also going to have a bonus on-the-road episode. And uh, maybe we'll even live stream a little bit of that. Maybe. We, we could go live on TikTok uh, for some of that road trip. That would be wild. And on Facebook. If you're not in the Facebook group, we might go live there, too, for some of it. Uh, so we'll be creating all kinds of content. So don't miss out. You, we have so many things planned for the future. Our calendar is quickly filling up with guests. It's kind of sick. Yeah. People it's are like, hey, I want to be on the podcast. We yeah. have guests scheduled into April. And it is March 12th. What's the... It is... Uh, March 12th. It's March 13th. If you're listening. If you're listening to this, it's March 13th. This comes out on March 13th. Correct. Yeah. All right. We're in the future right We're now. in the future. In we the are time-traveling podcasters. We're the podcasts of the future past. Wow. 
Yeah. I like that title. Mm. Maybe that'll be it. Podcasters of Future Past. Mm. So good. (laughs) All right. See you next week. See you next week.